Freedom Junkies to more Freedom Junkie Radio, where we bring you freedom, no matter what that looks like, just more freedom into our lives. And today, I'm really excited to be having someone on here who's going to help take us to the next level of our spiritual freedom. It's a new level of freedom through healing. And I know y'all are familiar with this, spiritual healing, trauma, mental traps, and habits moving our personal obstacles out of the way so we can get on with living. That sounds like freedom to me. Freedom from self-doubt, self-criticism, self-sabotage. My guest today is someone that I keep coming across and her um, her reputation precedes her as a healer. So um, I had the fortune of meeting Cynthia. I've met her a couple times and it's time for her to come on and give us some tips and tricks. Um, Cynthia Lamb is my guest and she is a conscious channel, spiritual teacher and author with over 30 years experience facilitating deep soul level healing. She's supported thousands of people worldwide to heal themselves, transform their lives, and experience their own innate divinity. She's written a book called Sourced from Within, a practical framework for vibrant freedom. And I'll be sharing all of this on the show notes at the end. Uh, she offers programs, courses, and uh, certification for conscious healing. And her website is called vibrantfreedom.com. So this is my soul sister. Welcome, Cynthia. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It's a joy to be on. I'm excited to get this dialogue going. Yes, because it is freedom. And it because how can you really get started on your path when you've got all these things weighing you down that make you think, oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm nobody cares what I have to say, or I've I've got this chip on my shoulder and I just kind of, you know, or, or I, I don't, I, there's so many things that can hold people back and I'm sure you've seen it all. You know, my first question for you is, uh, given the climate of what's going on on the planet with all of the, even if you don't listen to the news, we get all of this doom and gloom and just you know everything's for the sky is falling right everybody's hair is on fire and uh i'm curious to know what you're seeing the most of is it anxiety trauma what is what are you seeing well i i think it's a mix of sadness and grief for the divide that has happened mm. for the people who are kind of awake to what's happening and and also anger, a lot of anger. So there, there's a sadness and a grief, and then there's this kind of deep, angry outrage about what's going on. Because I think most people who are, the people who come to me are usually people who are awake and aware or becoming more aware of what's actually happening on the planet. So it seems like part of the awakening is like this broader vision, like their eyes open to many of the lies that we've been told our whole lives, or their eyes open to the fact that media 
is selling us propaganda or, you know, something along these lines. And I think it causes people a lot of grief, especially in the beginning. Well, you nailed it for me. I've experienced all of those things. And I've been awake to the BS for a long time, the majority of my life. But it still makes me sad and angry. And it's still and it makes me want to fight. And yeah. um, and but fighting isn't the feeling that I want. That's not the feeling mm-hmm. I want. And so I also see that it's really easy for people to just go, la 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 la, this um maybe that's not real. And what I just need to till my own garden. And, and, and that's part of it too, is, is this bridging this weirdness between what we're, what's going around in the world that we are being told is happening, but in our own little microcosm of our own little worlds, things can be pretty darn good. Some people's aren't, you know, they've got those issues as well, but you know, I have my garden and I homeschool my kids and, um, so there's this, I don't know, I, I can go, I can let it all go and relax and meditate and come to center and I feel good. And then it's really easy to get thrown off kilter pretty quickly because of just everything that I'm aware of. I keep my, I keep my, my feet in both worlds. So I, I feel all those things. Sadness, yeah. grief, anger on a regular basis. I kind of cycle through. Yeah. So you're in a you're in a fabulous place to get more aligned because that when you're in that place of center and you're living your life and you're gardening and you're homeschooling your children and you know, you're you're you feel on track, right? Like there's this part of you that feels like this is what I'm meant to be doing. What happens when we put our awareness on something that is not bringing us joy, ease, peace, flow, it takes us off course. It's not the thing that's happening that takes us off course. It's what we tell ourselves about the thing that's happening that actually takes us off course. So we can actually learn how to stay centered even in the midst of all of the chaos around us. In other words, I'm if I'm aligned in my own belief system, like if I'm in alignment with the will of my own soul and I'm on track, ease is my natural state of being. Your natural state is ease. The body's natural state is one of peace and ease. And that's how we know we're in alignment. Like that feeling you get when you meditate or go to yoga class or do Tai Chi or anything that brings you to center, that is your body's natural state of being. And so we're always trying to get back to center. Now, the problem that a lot of people who are awakened do is they do this spiritual bypass thing where they do that, na, 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 you know, la, la, la. I'm just going to pretend everything is okay. It's all, it's all light and love, right? And that actually doesn't do the thing because they're still getting all these hits that something is off course just on another level. So they're going to be creating with subconscious anxiety, subconscious fear, right? Maybe even dread. So there's this place where you can know what's happening and not be jacked by it. In other words, it doesn't have the power to hijack your peace. Like you can have your peace 
and you can still be aware of what the globalists are doing or whatever the thing is, right? And it's a matter of bringing all of your beliefs into alignment with your your soul, with your higher knowing, so okay. that you reside in the ease. Okay, I want I want everyone to know that before we came on here, I asked Cynthia if she would help us do kind of a general some some tips, maybe a quick like how do you can you can we do a little healing? Because that's what yeah. Cynthia does. She does one on one work with people. She has a podcast. I listened to part of one of them where you were going deep with someone and doing a doing that deep releasing of old held beliefs and trauma mm -hmm. and um so we're going to we're going to do some of that today if if we can get there um i'm noticing well so a couple things came up while you were just talking um one is that i'm noticing a lot of anxiety i mean where mm -hmm. people cannot get centered and these are people in my life my friends, my acquaintances who are having such anxiety that there's no finding center, bless their hearts. So I, I'd like to talk about that. But then the other thing is for me, the way that I stay centered, even with all the crap that I'm hearing, and some of it's probably not true. And what you're saying is we, uh, I think if I'm understanding you correctly, it's not the thing that gets us off kilter. It's how we think about it. It's how we respond to it. It's our imagination of it really. Cause that's all we have is our perception. And so someone could tell you something that's not even true and you could lose it. Yeah. And it's not even true because it was just your response to that thing. So for me, it's that I have no fear of death. I can come to center every time, whatever's happening in the world. If it came to my doorstep today, I'd be okay you know? And so I can always fall back to that. I'm good. When, when my maker is ready for me, I'm ready, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of how I cope. It may not be a good way. I don't know, but that's what I do. Um, so I don't ever get too out of whack. Um, I realize that the suffering that happens on the planet is just during this lifetime on this planet, it is something we have because we have these bodies, these amazing bodies that can see and feel and touch and have experience all the wonderful things. We also get to experience pain and suffering. And that's part of our growth really. But um, so my question about all of this anxiety right now, you know, you were saying I'm in a good place because I can come to center. I know people who cannot get to center right now and I don't know how to help them. I can do Reiki, but that doesn't necessarily shift what they need to shift. Right. Right. So what you're saying is really accurate, that suffering is part of this realm. But here's the thing. It's only part of it until we understand how it works. Suffering is part of the learning journey. We learn through pain and suffering. But the moment we have the awareness that we've been learning through pain and suffering, we have the opportunity to change that and begin to learn through joy. So we're still learning and growing, but we're doing it with a different perspective, if that makes sense. And we can literally drop the fear, drop the pain and continue to learn and grow through love. So I like to think of consciousness as a spiral and the, the very narrow base of that spiral is what I would call the fear-based reality. It's the right-wrong perspective. And that is the perception of suffering. 
where there's a dividing wall and everything is judged as right or wrong, good or bad. Everything falls on one side of the, the wall or other. And this perspective is crazy making, okay? Because who gets to decide what's right, what's wrong? You know, one family celebrates Christmas, one family celebrates Hanukkah. Well, who's right, who's wrong, you know? Uh, one parent says it's not okay to curse and the other parent is cursing. Who's right, who's wrong? So it's anxiety producing to view life through the lens of the right, wrong, good, bad perception. So if we go up this spiral of growth, there is a perspective that is the soul's perspective. It's a higher perspective. And it's outside of right or wrong. This is that Rumi poem, you know, out beyond the bounds of right thinking and wrong thinking. There is a field and I will meet you there. Okay, so this perspective says everything that's happening is happening for a reason. It's all part of the learning and growing journey. And we can look at it through eyes of compassion, through eyes of acceptance, and say, if there's this thing happening, it's part of somebody's spiritual curriculum. Okay? So spiritually, from the soul's perspective, the goal is not to change the school. The goal is to graduate, right? We're learning and growing. We're learning and growing. We're learning how to get more and more congruent, more and more in line with our soul and our higher knowing, our highest wisdom, right? So as we're moving through earth school, learning and growing, when we learn through suffering, it takes us off course. And sometimes it takes us way off course. And sometimes we have to do the same thing many, many, many times and suffer a lot before we learn how to line up. You know, like if you think of someone who's in an addiction or in codependent relationships or whatever their struggle is, right? They're in pain, they're in pain, they're in pain, they're in pain. And then finally they wake up and they start to learn how to course correct. They start to learn how to bring their belief system into alignment. And when we get to that place, we can choose joy. We can actually choose to watch ourselves go off and and actually laugh while we're doing it. And it's much less painful. So, so that's one thing that's a possibility. The other part of it is that there's no getting out of earth school. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no bypassing a lesson. And so what we're seeing with all these people with anxiety, the anxiety is stirred. I like to think of consciousness as like this lake and what's above the lake is what we're conscious of. It's within our conscious awareness and what's below the lake, is our subconscious and it's the stuff that's the shadow, you know, this is in the murky darkness and we don't really know what it is. Well, that stuff is always going to be coming up for our attention. So if someone has high anxiety right now, that anxiety is saying, look at me, look at me, pay attention to me. I'm here. Listen, listen. Right. So part of my perspective is not popular. Because most spiritual teachers advise doing the spiritual bypass where, you know, meditate, you know, do yoga, bring yourself back to center, push that stuff down, shove that away. Don't pay any attention to those negative thoughts, right? I'm of the exact opposite. I say, pay attention to that. Start to listen. 
shine a light on it, you know, strap on one of those things and become an explorer, dive down into the dark. What is it that is so scary? And if people can start to shine a light on their own shadow, they can start to pull this stuff up to the surface. And then it's not scary anymore because they can heal it. So I want you to think of like an example would be if you're in a dark room, maybe there's a child who's afraid of the dark. If the response is to just crawl under the covers and pull the covers up, that anxiety will just build and build and build and build. What is the antidote to the dark room? Turn on the light, right? Flip the switch. The moment you turn on the light, it's like everything is now visible and what there looked like a monster. There was nothing right. to be afraid of. There's nothing to fear when the light is on because it's it, that monster is just like a coat thrown over a chair or whatever. You know, you look under the bed, there's actually nothing going to come and grab you, right? So the way we get to the light is by bringing the light to the dark. And right now, this is what's happening on the planet. We're at this place in human evolution where there's this gigantic awakening happening. And that's the way I view it. It's an awakening. It is an opportunity for tremendous awakening. And old systems are crumbling. And they're crumbling because the light has been shined. Like It's like as if the cosmic consciousness has just put a giant spotlight on everything that is off course. And so we're seeing that and the darkness is gripping. The darkness is trying to, you know, pull with all its might because it's a fear machine. It's, it's keeping the consciousness of the planet operating in this fear-based right-wrong paradigm, right? And so you can feel that patriarchal power over, you know, victim perpetrator kind of energy just gripping. It wants to keep the planet imprisoned. It wants to keep the souls in the dark. So the way out is not to fight. Okay. The way out is to actually embrace. Okay. Because love wins. Love is the way out. So earlier when you were first talking about how you were feeling, you, there was this moment where you said, yeah, and it makes me want to fight, but I don't like it, right? And that is the reaction from the fear-based right or wrong perspective is we want to fight. And see, that's the thing that actually feeds the fear machine. It feeds the anxiety because then we're in againstness. So if we fight something, what happens is, is we put all our energy into pushing and then that thing gains momentum. It feeds it and it pushes back and it keeps us totally off course, right? So if we fight, if we engage from that perspective, we, we've already lost. Well, so this is why a lot of this exit and build texts it. Uh, you know, take the, take Texas, is, leave this issue. Like um, a lot of this um, type of energy is popping up the whole freedom cell thing, which is the exit and build. We just aren't going to feed that system anymore. We're going to create our own, creating the parallel 
um, economy, the parallel mm -hmm. banking system, parallel medical, like build our own because we don't want to fight right. that one. Mm -hmm. um, but I have a foot in both worlds. I just, I have, I was just down at Capitol Hill a couple of weeks ago, testifying against the, um, the bill for digital ID in Texas. And I mean, talk about being up in the system. And I have a friend who's kind of a new friend who that's what he's doing. I mean, he is in there trying to fight um, in the system. And um, that's just what comes to mind. What do you think about since so the question I hear you you asking is, can I still engage? And the answer is absolutely yes. Just engage from here. See, all of your power is in center. And there is a way to engage without fighting energy. Okay? So if you fight, you're in againstness. So you're, you're in the negative. You're fighting against this. You're saying, I don't want this thing, whatever this thing is. So let me give you an example of what that does to your subconscious mind. Um, don't picture a rose. Like no matter what you do, don't picture a rose in your mind right now. You know, don't see that, you know, the petals, right? What does your mind do? You, yeah. you can't help but see a rose. We're giving it energy. So you're feeding the thing. So the way to, to hold is to stand for something rather than stand against. And I'm going to give you a very specific example. I had a student in a class that was saying, you know, I'm teaching this thing about right, wrong energy and how if we're, we're in againstness, when we, when we view something as wrong and we judge it as bad, we actually feed it. We create more of that thing that we don't want. And then it pushes back. And we see how this happens. It's played out politically over and over and over again. Anytime somebody comes out against something, they make some new law that makes that thing possible, right? So this woman had a story and she said, well, what do I do? You know, like I'm right in the middle of this situation. She was a Danish woman. She had an apartment building that was very old and it had these gorgeous antique windows with the, you know, the glass that's kind of wavy, mm. you know, it's so old, you don't even see through it clearly, really beautiful glass windows. And the apartment had gotten sold and a new owner was coming in and doing renovation and they were renovating the whole building and they were changing, they were modernizing the windows. Everyone who lived in that building was just completely devastated. And they had made an appointment to talk to the owner and they were going to go talk to the owner the following evening and they were outraged and they were going to go pour their againstness toward this owner about what a terrible idea he had about remodeling this building and how awful it was and all of this judgment, they were outraged. And what I said to her was, stand for the windows instead of against the remodel. Like, is there a way to stand for the windows that you love? And she said, I'm gonna try it and report back. She came back to the next class and I asked her to share what had happened. And she was just 
She was overjoyed. She said her and her building committee went to this. She told them all how they had to talk about it. Okay. So she got everybody on her side. They went to this owner and they said, we just wanted to talk to you. We're so excited about this new construction. And we really, really love the windows. We love these old windows. Is there a way that we can have our windows and you can have your remodel? And he said, Wow, that's a brilliant idea. I'll contact my architect and see if he can incorporate the old class. And so they got their remodel and the owner got everything. It was win-win, right? See, when we're, when we're in right-wrong reality, it's win-lose. But out here, from the loving perspective, we can be in win-win where everyone wins. When you stand for what you want, so we have to get clear on what it is we want. And that's usually the opposite of the thing that we're against. But some people don't really know. They don't get, have clarity on what they want. They just know they don't want that thing. Like some people don't want uh, CBDCs, but they don't know what they really want. Some people don't want mandatory jabs, but they don't really know what they stand for. When we get clear what we're for, that's where your power is. And you know, I know that's hard. I know it's hard to know what you want. I've done that work with people too, where it's like, okay, what do you want to create? Cause you're creating it, whether you right. want it or not. Right. So, and if you don't know what you want, you're creating something. And then you look and figure why did, what, where, what am I here? What's happening? How did I create this? Oh, I was doing it unconsciously. So this is brilliant. Instead of standing. So one of the things I got from being at Capitol Hill that day was that they don't care what we want anyway. They're going to do whatever they want. The, the guy who who uh, brought the bill forth, the representative, uh, even after all of us had stood up and said what we had to say against it, mm -hmm. against the bill, because it's the only way to stand. You can stand against it or for it. I'm obviously not for digital ID. So I my take was, what about the people who don't want it? They're eventually going to be forced if, if we put this through, because the only way it works is for everyone to participate. And they were saying, oh, we'll never force everyone to do it. And I'm like, that's not how it works. But so at the end, the representative got up and said, we've already got to, it's 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 going to happen. We might as well just embrace it. I mean, like he does not care. So. What do I want? I want to be able to use cash. I want to be able to to. um um have a form of exchange with my, the people that I exchange with that has nothing to do with anything digital. I, right. I the digital ID, um, what would I want instead of it? Well, I don't even really want what we have, you know, I don't even think we should have to have an ID and, you know, but, uh, so focusing on what we're for, I, it's absolutely an, a, a game changer, always just being on, on what we're for. Um, Thank so you. I think there's a way to get a lot of clarity about, about this, about what you really want. See, the digital currency is only an external thing for like about a minute in the plan. It's an internal thing in the vision, you know, in the agenda 2030. Like if you understand the whole transhuman agenda, and this is why being awake and aware of what you know, is going on with the, with the whole globalist agenda, it's important to be aware of it, right? So they actually want our bodies to be linked to the internet, the internet of things, you know, the internet of bodies. 
So right there, I'm clear. I want my natural organic form. I'm clear. I want the body that God gave me. And I intend to stay organic. I intend to stay natural and free from any AI. That part, that part is clear. Do I have a vision of what the monetary system looks like? It's not clear yet. Like, I don't know what that thing is that's going to replace this potential digital ID. I don't know if it's cash. I don't know if it's silver. I don't know if there's, but here's the thing. You don't have to know what that is. You can have clarity about how it feels. You can have clarity about the peace that you reside in. You can have clarity about your sovereignty. You can have clarity about your autonomy, your bodily autonomy, right? Like these are the things that we can get clear about. And the more we focus our attention on having that and being that and embodying that, that's how we'll we'll create it. We won't create it from a place of againstness. That just feeds the thing we don't yeah. want. Yes, this is such good information for those of us who are aware and awake and kind of grappling with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um. So you are a channel as well. What what does that mean? Well, when I was 18 years old, I was on an operating table and I left my body and had a near-death experience. And when I came back into my body, I had a, a channel is basically like a line of energy. You could think of it like a cord or like a telephone wire or something like that. I had a connection with my own soul. So it was like my soul and my guides were just talking to me on an open line. And it, it didn't work well for me for like the first 10 years. I was like, shut up. You know, I, I really uh, had a hard time integrating. And then eventually when I was in my late 20s, I finally embraced it and started listening. And so I get divine guidance from my own soul. And that allows me to really be congruent and know what is on course and off course earlier in the talk when you were talking about how somebody can tell us an untruth and it can get us very upset like we can think that that thing is true it's like i'm connected to uh, a lie detector basically so i i can hear what's true and what's not true if it's on course for me or off course Okay, so you don't channel someone else or another being or mm -hmm. someone from it. You channel your own. I channel soul. my own soul. And it's the what is different about it is most people, there's two kinds of channels. There's conscious channels and there's trance channels. And most of the channels that we that channel other beings are trance channels. Even if they keep their eyes open, they're actually, somebody else is coming in and other energy is taking over and they're stepping aside. And most of them don't remember anything that was said. Like Esther Hicks channels Abraham and she's like off to the side. She doesn't remember what Abraham says. If she wants to hear it, she has to listen to a recording. Whereas I am still fully in my body. I have absolute 
you know, control of my facility faculties, you know, I have free will choice, I can ask questions, I can dialogue, or I can just listen. And is it on all the time? Or do you turn it on and off? It's on all the time. Uh, I the only thing I turned off, there was a moment when I first came out of that surgery, where I my perception was too open and dead people started talking to me and that was overwhelming and really like a, a, a bombardment. And I could hear everybody's thoughts. I could hear what I could walk down the street Ooh, and hear what everybody it. was thinking. And it was, it was not cool. I couldn't go to a mall. I couldn't go to a concert. I couldn't go to a restaurant without like this cacophony. And so my first spiritual teacher taught me how to kind of create a cone so that I was just connecting with my own soul and everybody else was offline. Okay. Cause that sounds like a gift too, like a serious gift um, that if you wanted to call on that, if you wanted to talk to uh, uh, someone, I wouldn't want to hear everyone's thoughts for sure. But I think that if, if there were spirits that wanted to communicate I think that would be pretty cool if if you could turn it on and off yeah well I got clarity that I'm only supposed to use it a certain way which is for people's healing and that meant for me that you know, I, I was guided to never be on like 1-800 dial a psychic or any of that kind of stuff. Like I wasn't okay. able, I can't use it to figure out if somebody's going to find, you know, their husband or, you know, any of that stuff. I can only use it for this particular thing. Okay. And so so. Your, with your connection, which I'm sure we could all develop, you had to mm -hmm. go through surgery and nearly die, which it's interesting, two guests ago, my guest, Joseph Bender, uh, which if this one ends up on YouTube, that one got struck from YouTube because he mentioned something in like a split second that you're not allowed to say on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, the censorship is horrible. Go over to Rumble. Um, he has listened to over 300 near-death experiences on YouTube. I'm sure they're on Rumble too. And he's just totally fascinated by that, by what happens to people when you're, it's a gift to almost go and then get to come back and be here. So you're a blessing and all that information that you downloaded and brought with you and the channel that opened up, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So as an intuitive and a channel, um, you seemed to be really, really solid on the fact that we are in an awakening. And, and I see that too. The light is on. We've been in the dark for centuries. You know, the people running the show didn't let us know that there was a show. We were just, right. in, yeah, now we know. And, you know, the jig is up. The central banks are, it's out all the world, you know, and, and a lot of people still don't want to listen. And, and those people might not wake up in this lifetime. And that's not my business. That's another thing. When people like me who want to maintain liberty for future generations, that's my thing. I, I, I go out and I try to change. I'm not trying to change the world because I know I can't, I can only change myself. And by coming to center and doing the things I do, um, but of course, taking action 
you you can't just sit and be a monk and meditate. You can, it's fine, but you nothing is going to change around you in this 3D world unless you take action, if you do the things. So my question to you was, um, coming from your perspective, you seemed really um, very solid in your knowledge that there is an awakening going on and that w- I, I, I've, I think you said good wins, love wins. It's, but I, that's such a hard one for me that, cause there's so much work to be done to make sure that that happens. Um, enlighten us with what your, your perspective is. When I had my near death experience, I was actually shown the future and I was shown many different timelines Okay, many different timelines of like, okay, then this thing happens. If we wake up, this can happen. We can rise here, right? If we don't wake up as a collective, then this will happen. You know, then there's this potential we'll we'll rise here and then this could happen. If we don't wake up, then this will happen. Okay, so what I was told over and over and over again is that the ending is unwritten. The ending is unwritten. The ultimate ending I was shown is that love wins. And what I mean by that is that God's natural loving essence just is. Okay. Nature in its perfect form will always revert back so any any aberration of nature, anything that goes off course, will ultimately self-destruct. So nature will always come back. And this might this might be harsh to hear, but even if the everyone on the planet destroys themselves, the planet will come back. You know, nature will grow over everything. millions of years of processing will bring all of the whatever nuclear weapons or whatever it is that we've created down into the molten core of the planet and it will purify it you know mountains will grow and caverns will form and and eventually the earth will purify itself and come back to its natural state now If we want to go along for the ride and really create heaven on earth, we have this opportunity where we can create something different if we can line up with our natural form, if we can line up with our divine intuition and allow God's plan to unfold. If we can, you know, basically get into alignment, right? Something different can happen. Now, the awakening part is part of that. The people who are are awakening, if people can awaken, start living a different way, there's a moment where pockets of people are going to survive this thing. And I was shown that there are many, many, there's a potential for many people, mostly in mountain valleys, to make it through whatever is happening on the planet, this transition that we're in right now, okay? 
So there's a potential that we would start a new civilization. Like the old forms are absolutely going to crumble. It's not going to happen within our own government. So going down to the Capitol and fighting some bill when that government actually needs to crumble, I would say that's a waste of your energy. Like your resources could be better used to be put toward creating something different, creating something better, like you're doing with the homeschooling and raising your kids naturally, right? I appreciate you calling me on it because I, it's not my natural inclination. When it came up, when the call went out to the community that the, that there were these two bills that were being heard, I sat with myself that night and there was one on digital ID and one on digital currency, which are both up in the, the down at Capitol Hill in Austin. And my thought was, if not me, then who? And if not now, if not when, now, then when? Um, I'm 51 years old. I am articulate. I am not afraid. And so who, I can't expect someone else to go do it. So I sat with myself that evening and I was like, yeah, you're the one who's going to go do this. Someone has to go do this. We can't not show up because if we don't show up, then they just pass it. But what I learned was they're going to pass it anyway. It doesn't matter what we say. So you're absolutely right. It's beating my head on a wall and I I didn't need to go. And I don't want to discourage people from participating in the political that's kind of like telling people they should go to college. It's like, I I really don't know. I don't want to tell you not to, but um, I kind of do want to tell you not to. Well, let them be self-guided. See, I just say the thing that I'm guided to say. I'm not going to say don't do it. What I'm going to say is that if you do do it, I encourage you to do it from neutrality. Do it from a place of power. Stand for something rather than exert in againstness. Because if you exert in againstness, you're feeding the very thing that you don't want to create. You're actually creating more of it. So we teach, right? Like you have a message and you can absolutely share your wisdom and your knowledge just without any attachment to the outcome, whether people hear you or not. And so for me, like when I hear you share that story, I think, wow, what a great experience for you because you got to feel the waste of energy of push standing against something and feel it was futile. And, you know, so what did you do? You went and you spent some hours feeding that thing that you don't really want to create. And that's a fabulous experience because now you don't have to do it again, right? Yes. I, I love your perspective. It, it is so positive, which means you're in a place of joy, which is what everyone actually wants. Everyone just wants to be happy. That's what, you know, why do I want liberty for future generations? So that they have the ability, the possibility of being happy, you know, right? Um, that uh, all men are created equal, that we are uh, endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, mm-hmm. and the pursuit of being in your center and being able to find joy and come from a place of joy. I mean, that's, that's what we want. And so you're, you're living in a way that shows people how to do that because that's all you can do. Yeah. And how to create from it because we're creating in every given moment. And so what I say to people is like, what kind of world do you want to live in? 
what kind of world do you want your children to grow up in? What kind of world do you want for your grandchildren? Create that, be that, live that, fully embody that. See, because this this energy, this darkness, I won't even call it like a, you know, it's not like a man or a group of people. It's literally like an energy. It's an energy of againstness. And it it feeds on fear. It feeds on your fear. And so anytime somebody tries to engage you in that fear, you just don't buy it. Just don't buy it. You can be aware of what it's trying to do with, you know, through the whole government and enacting all of these, you know, passing these bills and whatever nonsense that they're doing. Just understand that when they create that, here, here's one thing I want to share with you, see if you can get behind this. This is kind of bizarre, but the faster you let them create that, the more people can see how absolutely off course, bizarre, ridiculous it is. Like, let's just say they go forward, like let them go for it. Let them, you know, do this whole attack on children and, uh, you know, take away our rights and launch this digital thing or whatever. Tell everybody, you know, mandatory vaccines every six months or whatever the thing is. Um, you can edit that word out. <laughs> okay. Thank you for reminding me. That's what Man got the other one struck. Yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they can say, I'm, I'm going to see if I can redo that. They can say uh, mandatory things against our body every six months or whatever it is that they are entertaining to launch, right, as a part of this transhuman agenda. Well, the sooner they get to all of that, the more people can wake up and say, wow. See, because I was telling people this was happening like way back in, you know, 2001 after 9-11. And people, people did not they couldn't grab on. There wasn't enough evidence. You know, when I said, oh, this Patriot Act, it's all, you know, this whole thing was just made up in order to pass this thing to take away our freedoms. That's what it was all about, right? People were like, oh, no, it's because, you know, whatever, terrorists, right? And I could see what's coming because I'd been shown what was coming. So, now pe there is evidence and people are starting to wake up. I talk to people every day who say, well, I was really asleep. You know, I was a progressive liberal until two years ago. And then when this thing started happening, when they started telling companies what, they, what their employees had to do in order to be employed, that really woke me up. I went, wait a minute, maybe there's something else going on here. You know, maybe there's something to these conspiracy theories or whatever. And so for me, I get excited about the dark revealing itself in its, in its plans because it's like the further they take it, the more off course it gets, the more people are people are popping awake like popcorn. I'm like, yeah, go yes. for it. It's, right. It does seem like what they do tends to backfire every single time. Every time. My, my thoughts just went to Brazil and how they are just, they're now requiring 
JABs for everyone in Brazil, and they don't have a Second Amendment. They don't really have a way to stand up against tyranny. Uh, like we have this imaginary idea that we do, you know, I don't know. But in places where there's a lot of oppression and tyranny, like in Europe, the people are are waking up like crazy, like you said, like popcorn. And I don't know if it, it just seems like the machine is so engaged in destroying the old world, you know, the way the way the way it's been that. I don't know that there's any stopping it. And I don't know that you would, you know, like let it go ahead and crumble because that's what it needs to do where it's fighting against it doesn't work. Well, the thing is, is as it reveals itself by like mandating some kind of procedure for, for all people in a, in an entire country. I mean, just think about how, bold and radical that is as an idea. We already know the thing doesn't work, right? People who at least who, who are awake are aware that that thing is not working. Well, it's working. It's it's doing what it's designed to do, uh, but it's not beneficial to us as organic human beings, right? So if they push that, what will happen is that People, there were, people will just start saying no. People will start saying, I'm not buying this thing. Like I was watching a video a couple weeks back. There was this thing about in, I want to say it was Oxford, somewhere in, in England where they're doing these 15-minute cities. Have you seen that? Yeah. Uh, where there was a video of these two guys just came and just like dismantled this whole gate and they just did it so fast they just did it so fast and it was they just said uh-uh we're not going to do this thing um i ha i do have another question but it's a huge like we don't have time for it it's um i've just recently been exposed to the idea of not i mean it's not the idea but it makes sense to me of texit of and i that's like i'm all about it uh, I went and her, I, I'm reading the book. I'm going to be interviewing the guy who wrote the book. I'm so excited. I went and heard him speak. And with the nation sinking, the sinking ship, mm -hmm. it, it really is an option. And for us to, it's almost like creating a new earth in the form mm -hmm. of the, the Republic of Texas. Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's these people who are like, it's just another government. Why would you want to get involved with that? I'm like, well, because we're human beings and we, you know, anyway, I was kind of curious if you know about it, if you've thought about it, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. The, the parts that I love are that people are gathering together and saying, uh, we got to create something different. So that part lights me up like nobody's business if it's a if it's just a continuation of like a different state then it's it's not really going to work you know what i mean yeah um so it's basically a numbers game like consciousness is a num like for 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 people to for this thing to dissolve at one of the levels that I was shown, like there's, we're already past like two of the levels where I was shown we could wake up. Like we could have woken up 
right as the pandemic hit. Like people could have just said, ah, this is a scam. We all see it. And, you know, things would have gone a certain way. Well, then the, the, the mandates rolled out, right? And people could have woken up then and said, okay, this is all, you know, they're just trying to poison people. We're all, you know, we're going to, and masses of people would have been safe. But now we're, now we're at like the third layer of this. And there's, there's actually quite a few more before it gets like truly dire. Right. Uh, so if masses of people wake up, if this thing, this Texas thing is, is a, an opportunity for masses of people to wake up, then it's a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I would just say, keep doing it from that place of alignment, of what I stand for rather than being against. If you can, but if these Texas people do it from againstness of we don't want that and they then they're just dividing right anything that creates division is feeding that fear-based monster right so we want unity we want unity and if texit can bring us unity then then absolutely go for it if people actually begin to wake up and they start to line up inside and they start to act in a way that is in alignment with the will of their soul, that thing will become impotent. It will become powerless, right? From the fear-based right-wrong reality, what has happened is people have given away their power. We've abdicated our power over to this gigantic machine. And the machine has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, it might have been little government, and then it got bigger government, and then bigger, and now it's like global, right, government. And people view it as, I'm this tiny thing, and there's this giant monster. And if we shift our perspective, we can make that thing so little because on the soul level, we, we are huge. We're, we're vast, we're enormous, we're beings of light, love, infinite intelligence. We're connected to a source of infinite wisdom, right? And that's your birthright, is that, that divine wisdom is your birthright, knowing what is in alignment for you. And when we, we disconnect, we give our power over to something that is not that. That thing has no power. That's an illusion. It's fear-based power, right? Fear-based power is this. It's manipulation, coercion, uh, looking big and scary, you know, force. It, that's an illusion. We are equal on the being level. So when we're equal on a being level, we're able to say, oh, this other person has a really bad idea. I'm not buying it. I'm going to go create what I want. Okay. So then that segues beautifully into this self-worth, um, having, letting go, recognizing that you are just as important, just as powerful, just as much of a child of God and with every right to be here creating as any one of those unelected people that is uh -huh. at the UN. <laughs> right. Um, so, but 
Can, can you try, can you, this is a question I have, if we can try to make this work. A, a, a quick, like almost blanket healing we can do for anyone who's listening, like um, ask us the question that takes us to go deep. And instead of hearing someone's answer, to take them to that next spot where they can heal something without knowing what it is as the healer. So all healing is self-healing and it starts by accessing compassion. Okay. Because out beyond this right, wrong, there's this field of infinite compassion. So how about if you play along with me? I'm game. <laughs> okay. So go ahead and close your eyelids and I invite you to just breathe in and set an intention inside of yourself now to access the highest level of love and compassion that you can reach. Now I like to view it as a ray of sunlight, like a golden ray streaming in through your crown. And just breathing in to that golden love light and breathe it all the way down into your heart. Begin filling your heart with love and compassion. And if it's challenging for you to access it as an energy, you can just think of the people you most love or even a pet and just allow your heart to begin to well with loving. Feel your heart center filling with loving and expanding with loving until it feels full to overflowing. And then just keep breathing in love and compassion and allow it to spill out. I like to picture this like a golden fountain flooding down and take it all the way down to your toes, filling up your feet with this golden light, breathing in love, filling up your ankles, your shins and calves, lighting up every cell in your legs, filling your knees, your thighs, breathing in love and compassion, filling your hips, your pelvis, breathing in the love and the compassion, lighting up all of your internal organs now, breathing that loving up your spine, lighting up your lower back, your middle back, your upper back. And then taking that loving down your arms to your fingertips, lighting up your hands, your wrists, your elbows, your upper arms, your shoulders, filling your entire torso, your chest, your lungs, and breathing that across your collarbone, up into your throat and neck. And breathing in the loving, breathing it into your face, your head, lighting up your lips, your cheeks, your nose, your eyes, your brow, your ears, every single hair follicle lit with loving. And feel yourself vibrating in this energy of love and compassion. Compassion says it's all right. It's okay. It says I accept you just as you are. I love you. I'm here with you. Compassion is a way of being with suffering with so much love 
and infinite acceptance. And so in this place of love and compassion, I'm going to walk you through a little process. I invite you now to just feel a feeling inside. You can think of a time when you uh, felt unworthy or not good enough. And perhaps you can have an image of yourself as a child feeling this feeling. You might have a memory pop of a time when you didn't feel good enough or didn't feel worthy. And if you don't have a memory of having this feeling, or if this is a feeling that you've just had that's been a pervasive feeling, it feels like it goes all the way down your timeline, I invite you to just get a picture or an image of yourself as a child. If you don't have access to memory of your childhood, you can just use a childhood photograph in your mind's eye. And just connect with yourself as a child. And then you can take your adult spiritual self, the you that you are now, and just step in to that memory or image. And just imagine reaching out your arms to your younger self. Begin to love yourself up. If your younger self is open to your affection, you can get your arms around yourself. Start to rock yourself, hug yourself up, love yourself up. Pour on the compassion. It's all right. It's okay. I'm here. I see you. I love you. If your younger self isn't open to receiving your affection, be respectful and just stand or sit next to yourself and you can just begin saying loving things. Just connecting to that younger part of yourself with compassion. Now that younger part that wasn't feeling good enough had a story, was operating under some misconceptions of reality. So with one part of your consciousness, I invite you to keep loving up on that younger part of yourself. And with the rest of you, I'm going to walk you through a little process. So this is a verbal process. I invite you to say it out loud so that your cells can hear. And I'll say some words, but I'm just a guide. So you can repeat my words if they work for you. If other words feel more in alignment, feel free to make it up. Use your own words. So repeating after me, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. For buying in to the irrational belief. For buying in to the irrational belief. That it was even possible. That it was even possible. For me to be unworthy in any way. For me to be unworthy in any way. I want you to take a big deep breath and let that idea go. I want you to picture the sun in your mind's eye. And you can see it the way a child draws the sun. Like a circle with rays radiating out like spokes in every direction. 
And I invite you to label the sun consciousness or loving source energy, if you will. You can even call it God if that word works for you. And then I want you to see yourself as one of those rays radiating out. Okay. The very fact that you can hear me means that you are a conscious, sentient being. You have access to consciousness. You are a part of all that is. And your consciousness comes from a source of infinite loving. All you have to do to feel it is breathe it in. Now think of the sun. Do you think the sun can say, you know, oh, there's this really bad ray. I don't like it. I think I'll make it dark. Or, oh, there's this really great ray. I like it a lot. It's more worthy than all the other rays. I think I'll make that the brightest sun ray. And can the sun even do that? The sun can't because the sun is neutral in nature. It's just shining equally and evenly in every direction. The sun is just shining. And consciousness is just like the sun in that the consciousness just is. It's neutral in nature and it's radiating out in every direction to every being ever born. Every sentient being is a beloved divine being. So we're equal on the being level. We're equally worthy. You know, you can't really put a value on consciousness. Can we give it a dollar value? Like, what is its worth? Can you put a value on God? I think it's probably the most highest value that we could possibly put on anything. Put that on your source and then see yourself as a ray of that source. And you can't separate the ray from the source, right? You're an emanation. So you are a unique divine emanation of consciousness, of source energy, and therefore your worth is a given. So I want you to create a new, empowering, updated belief regarding your worth. And I want you to do this in your own words. My new updated belief is I now know. I am an amazing, infinite creature of the divine. And let's relate it to your worth. And my worth is a given. And my worth is a given. I'm innately worthy. I'm innately worthy. Big deep breath. Breathe that in. See how that feels. Let's do one about power because so much of our talk was about power. Staying inside there for a moment, and I want you to take this to any part of your consciousness that has ever felt like a victim, that has ever felt powerless. And just see an image of yourself as a child or a younger person. Reach out and start loving up that part for any time you ever felt powerless or less than, less powerful than. 
I'm repeating after me, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. For buying into the irrational belief. For buying into the irrational belief. That it was even possible. That it was even possible. That anyone was ever more powerful than me. That anyone was ever more powerful than me. Or that I was ever powerless. Or that I was ever powerless. Big deep breath. And again, see that image of the sun in your mind's eye with all the rays radiating out. Every ray has equal access to the sunlight. Every ray is radiating out, emanating love light. Your power comes from your connection to the divine. That's what authentic power is. The thing that most people have always feared is not even authentic power. It's fear-based power, and it's an illusion. Victim-perpetrator energy are two sides of the same coin. When someone feels less than, they want to feel better than. They want to feel superior. So if you think about a bully, you know, a bully has always been someone who feels very insecure, and they've been bullied. So they try to put power over through fear tactics, through quick coercion, manipulation, lying, forcing, uh, intimidation, and none of that is actual power, okay? That's just, that's just an illusion. What it is is fear, and there's no power in that. It's just weakness. So true power comes from center. True power comes from when we let go of the victim-perpetrator coin and we come into our authentic power. Authentic power comes from source. It comes from trusting in your connection, that you are divinely guided, you're divinely held, you, you are this divine loving being in expression. And you are the creator of your own reality. And you are the one and only one who knows what is true for you. You're the one and only one who gets to decide what you're here to create, what you're here to energize. And when you claim that, when you claim your sovereignty, that you are the creator, you will drop into your own authentic power and live from a place of power. Let's create a new empowering update about your source of power. My new updated belief is I now know. Mm, about my source of power. My new updated belief is that my power is infinite and from source. It is. It is. So good. Breathe it in. Is there anything else that you would like to clear? Well, I'm sure that I think you've just given us some really wonderful tools as far as people can go use that method 
um, if they, you know, you don't, you do an amazing job of working with people, but you've just given us a tool to where if you know that, you know, if you're that bully and you have that trauma that, you know, you know, who it was that bullied you when you were little, whether it was an older sibling or a mother or a father or whoever, a neighbor, somebody that made you feel lesser than, and, or, you know, the trauma of a separation when you were little or any of those, you, you, most of us know what they are. And all you have to do is get quiet and look at that child mm-hmm. that you were that, and you can, you know, when you were scared mm-hmm. or afraid or alone or, mm-hmm. um, felt unloved or whatever. And, um, allow yourself to go back and reprogram the feelings mm-hmm. that you have around that and take your power back. Yes. And the thing about it is the compassion is the key to actually having that old energy lift. Because without compassion, I mean, if you've ever really been stirred about something, if you've ever had an upset where you're just upset about it again and again and again, and you can cry or rage or tell a friend, and then it just goes right back in. And you can revisit the same memory from that place of suffering over and over. We recycle our pain. What actually lets it go is the compassion. So it's the act of getting our adult self in there, hugging up that younger part, saying, it's all right. It's okay that you felt this way, you know? And and then here, I want to let you know that you were buying into this illusion that isn't actually true. And from that, the thing can lift, and then we can reprogram our belief system. This is so wonderful. I, I know we've got to wrap up. I um, Just before we wrap, I just yeah. want you to bring that, imagine that part that you had up the memory or the photo of your younger self, and just bring that into your heart for some closure. Just say to that part, you know, I see you, I hear you, I love you. I'm awake and I'm aware. And if you have anything else you need to bring forward, you know, you can bring it to my attention. And then just like thank that part for coming forward today for your healing. I just don't want to leave anything out there, right? That was the part when we were doing the power and the visualization. Okay. So Mm -hmm. that little me, thank, give thanks to that. Yeah. Thank that part for coming forward for your integration because time is not linear and that part is with you now in your heart, right? Rather than out there in that memory stuck. So the compassion, it's the compassion for our little broken bits that heals us back together. Well, they're not broken. They only ever felt broken. See, we're (laughs) whole, we're complete. And it's, it's like a matter of reminding those parts that they are whole, they are complete, they are loved, right? So it's just like bringing it all in. It's a such a beautiful process. I love what I do. Well, and I mean, I've heard about your um, group, the classes you do and just how powerful they are and how amazing. So um, if you're listening, if you've come this far and you want to do session work uh, or there's go to the website, vibrantfreedom.com. And, uh, you can, you, I don't know, do you take people, um, 
just clients? Are they, do you do, do you do it online? How do you work with people? I work in many different ways. I work one-on-one. -on -one. I, I see a small handful of clients one-on-one. -on -one. I do classes and workshops and retreats for groups of people. I do those online and in person in Austin, Texas. And I have a three-year program for healing facilitators. If you want to learn to do what I do, I certify people in the Vibrant Freedom Method. Oh, it's wonderful. And I'm so glad we got to have the conversation that we did. I'm all, I'm flying right now. And so I'm going to go back like I always do and listen back and I'm going to get, I just remember how wonderful our conversation was. It's not coming to my mind. I'm clear right now. I'm, I, I want to go fly. Um, Drink water. Okay. It'll help you integrate those updates. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you because this is a tumultuous time for humanity yeah. and uh, we need lots of healing. We need to be going out with our, our, um, I want to say full armor of God, our, our, our knowing that we are worthy and powerful and, and um, no fear. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a joy to get to have this time together and thank you for what you're doing as well and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my work well i feel really grateful to have connected with you cynthia and um we will call it for now and if anyone has any questions they're welcome to um contact either one of us i'll, I'll have your contact information on there your your website and um wow thank you I, I really am very grateful, very, very grateful for this time that we've had. Bye, Cynthia. Bye-bye. Lots of love, John. And so they have to I'm anchor this. I just wanted to record that. I was like, why did I turn it off? Sometimes I don't, you know, like I'm like, it's over, but I'm still recording because right. I, just, I would love to in integrate if I can, if I can figure out how to integrate what you just said. Because I was just yeah. saying to Cynthia post-show that, I feel really spacey after that work. And you were saying that I need to ground and that after a whole, a real session. Yeah. Because it's, we're taking it from the fear-based right, wrong reality up into a higher paradigm. We're coming into this loving, this, this place of compassion, and it's actually a different frequency. So when our beliefs are down here in the right, wrong, fear-based reality, it's very dense very dense and we have a lot of beliefs that keep us stuck here in this place of fear and that's where the anxiety lives and the self-doubt and the lack of worth are all in this place of density when we do the work when you said your updates you started glowing you were just glowing like light was radiating out of your eyes when you opened your eyes you were i could tell you were really centered so what that says to me is that you went for it you really plugged in and you got into alignment with a higher uh part of yourself like you 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 tapped that soul's wisdom and you started making some statements that were congruent at the being level right? Well, now we want to bring that being energy that you tapped down into the body. 
So we do that by drinking water. We do it by grounding, right? Which will, will mean you're a little less high. So you're going to anchor. I want you to imagine that you're anchoring. So you can do that by imagining a grounding rod going right down through your perineum, send it straight down to the earth. Or you can imagine it like a tree going down through your perineum and then growing tree roots down into the earth and send them down, send the tendrils of the tree roots down as far as you can reach down into the earth and really anchor down into the earth. And you can also go outside and put your feet in some grass, bare feet, or just walk on dirt barefoot. And that will help you ground down into your body. So we want to anchor the energy so you're not as high. But what you're doing is you're bringing that truth in as a knowing at the cellular level. Because if we stay high, we'll lose it. Our body won't receive it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anchor it down into your body. Drink water. Water acts as a conductor because this is, uh, we're electromagnetic by nature. You know, our, our nervous system is sending signals, you know, through our, all of our little nerves and the water acts like a conductor. So it'll make it go to all of your cells. We're giving an updated information to all of our cells. And I would also encourage you to make some belief cards. Belief cards are just and it, just get an index card and write your old belief on one side and write your new belief on the other side. And then just flip through those every day, read your belief cards, because that's how you'll make the lasting change. Okay. But I have an online course that is, it's not an in-person thing. It's not a live thing. It's a recorded thing. Okay. So it's, you do it yourself at home. It's me on video. So I'm not interacting at all. And I, I go through some of the very core irrationalities, like, like worthiness is one of the, the major core irrationalities. And then right, wrong reality, where everything's right or everything's wrong is another core irrationality that causes anxiety. So I don't do one-offs. I don't just do one session. One session isn't enough to get anywhere. So I only do packages. This okay. is a six session package is my um, minimum because that's what it takes for somebody to really truly transform their belief system, totally heal, thoroughly heal and change anything. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad we finally uh, connected. And yeah, me too. It was such a joy. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I will be in touch and I'll go to your website and let me know Well, we'll just be in touch. Yeah. Lots Thanks. of light. Yeah. Bye, Betsy. I live better than a king ever did. I live